The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we've been on a journey and uh, we've called this settling into what? Maturity. And we read last week uh, in Ephesians chapter number four that the Apostle Paul wants us to grow up and he wants us to mature. Uh, he said so that we can get to a place where we are no longer tossed to and fro uh, by every wind of doctrine or by everything that's going on. Amen. And so building up to today, we found out that the letter to the church at Ephesus out of the 13 or 14 uh, letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, the only one uh, that didn't address any problems is the letter that the Apostle wrote to the church at Ephesus. And so I was talking to uh, Renelo at the back there, and uh, you know we were just talking about the challenges that they were facing with the media and just putting this whole thing together. And I said this to her, I said, hey, leadership is, 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 is problems. You know, it's solving problems. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote 14 letters. 13 of them were dealing with solving problems. So if you are a leader, you'll never get away from fixing problems. Can I get an amen? Uh, in fact, your job is all about solving a problem. The fact that you have a job today means there was a problem that they uh, uh, hired you to, to solve. Can I get an amen? And so we found out that in this book of Ephesians, it's divided into two sections. The first three verse chapters uh, focus on positional truth, who you are in your spirit, man. Amen? Who you are in your spirit, man. And the last three chapters uh, focus on vital truth or the application of your positional truth into daily living. This is why when we read last week at the turn, uh, moving from chapter number 3 to chapter number 4, the, the phrase we see there is that, therefore, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. And he uses that word walk. It's time to live out uh, your identity that he has told you. So in chapter 1, he tells you you are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities. He also tells you in verse 6, you are accepted in the beloved. In chapter number 2, he tells you you are God's workmanship. In chapter number 3, he tells you you are a new citizen and uh, God is able to do exceeding abundantly through you and so on and so forth. But then in chapter number 4, he says it's time for us to live it out. It's time for us to uh, put it into daily use. And uh, today we are continuing uh, in the same uh, 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 mindset of putting it into daily living. Amen. And so it says in verse 1 of chapter number 5, it says, Therefore, therefore, uh, now that you're seated in heavenly places, accepted in the beloved, uh, uh, you are a new citizen in the kingdom of God. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And so we are to mimic God. The Greek word for, for imitators is uh, mimites, which means where we get the transliteration to mimic, which means to, to copy. It means to imitate uh, uh, and so on and so forth. And we are to imitate our heavenly father and do this, verse 2, and walk in love. We imitate God and we walk in love or we live out an expression of God when we walk in love. Amen? As Christ also loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And so not only do we imitate our Heavenly Father in this walk of love, we also imitate Jesus, the Christ, uh, on this walk of love. And the big word there is to love and forgive. Can I get an amen? amen? That's a sign of maturity. Amen. amen. And he tells us in verse 3, not, uh, uh, who not to imitate? In verse 3. He says, but fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, 
Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Now, that's the New King James. I want to read it in the NIV, you know, 5.3. Let, let's, let's turn it over to the NIV. I want you to see something here. The Apostle Paul is saying, you're seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities. You're accepted in the beloved. But among you, there must not be even a hint. For, forget the full-blown thing. He says, among you who are seated in heavenly places, now, 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 there must not even be speculation. There must not even be a hint of what? Sexual immorality. It shouldn't even be mentioned in association with who you are as a child of God. A hint. That's why he says in Thessalonians, he says, flee not from evil. He says, flee from appearance. If it looks like it ain't right, it ain't right. <laughs> flee from it. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, I have this thing. I tell my, my uh, eldership team, my leaders, and I tell them this. I say, uh, the male will counsel the males. What, what I mean by that is men, you know, uh, born men and assigned by the government. The government is right. <laughs> assigned at birth. Whatever you are assigned with, that's what we're going with. Men, you counsel men. Women, you counsel women. And if I see a man trying to counsel a woman, to me it's a date. He says, flee. There must not even be a hint. Of sexual immorality. It mustn't even look awkward around you. And I tell people, you know, go with your wife. If, if it's a woman and they're in desperate need, pastor, they're in desperate need, go with your wife. Go find your wife and go with her. Can I get an amen? amen. And it can't be desperate that it can't wait. It will wait. <laughs> if they die, God has put the raising from the dead power on the inside of you. Bring them back. Now, now, some of you are going to walk away and say, and say, man, I went to that Grace Church and he was preaching legalism. This is not legalism. No, 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 no. The Apostle Paul is saying he has given you grace. God has given you grace. Now it's time for you to live out that grace. Grace is an empowerment to overcome sin. That's why it says in Titus 2, from verse 11 to 12, he says, the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching them... To deny all ungodliness. Grace empowers you to not go with your cravings. Grace, grace. Man, let me, let me help somebody. What you need is grace, not a dietitian. No, 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 that's what you need. The diet alone does not have power. To stop you waking up at 2.30 in the morning to go look for that chocolate cake. The diet can do that for you. But the grace of God can. Can I get an amen? You know, as you walk down that, 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 that evil aisle of temptation, that's what I call it. The evil aisle of temptation. And you, you go to the supermarket, any supermarket. They could have made the, the teals just, just a little bit more accessible straight from the actual store. But what they do is they create the aisle of, of, of evil temptation. And then you walk, you get, you were supposed, you were sent to get diapers, Marshall. You were sent to just get diapers. And then you're holding the diapers, but you're walking, oh, you step into that evil aisle of temptation. They start with ice creams. Ice creams, they start with, <laughs> oh, I'm not looking. They, they, they go to chips, chips, I'm not looking. Then they go to chocolate. Lunch bar, the lunch, the lunch bar is staring you right in the face. Now, if you don't have grace, the diet can't keep you. You need the grace of God to stop you from eating all of that junk. Y'all know it's bad food, right? Yeah. <laughs> so is donuts. Unless you pray over them. Amen. Watch what he says. He says this. He, he keeps going, right? He says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking. Foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which is, you know, uh, crude jokes. 
You know, that, that attracts attention and makes people think, man, how can you say that? He says, he says this, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. So we should use our mouth. Now that we are seated in heaven, heavenly places, this is what we should be doing. Using our mouths to give praise and to give thanks to God. And for this, you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man who is an uh, idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, he's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about what we learned in chapter number two. He says, you and I have an inheritance in God that should manifest in this life. And what I learned, what I've learned many years ago, is that everything that God has for you, including this inheritance, has to flow through the channel of your heart. And so the heart is like a highway where all these things come from the spiritual realm into manifestation. Now, if you fill your heart with uh, fornication, uncleanliness, covetousness, greed, idolatry, what you do is you put, you put a traffic jam in your heart such that the inherit, inheritance of God and the promises of God can't go through to get to its destination of manifestation. And so when he says, uh, uh, don't live a sinful life, it is not because he's trying to defraud you of something. In fact, there's going to be a lot of sinners in heaven. He's not talking about heaven. But what he's saying is you can clog up your heart to the point where you don't see any manifestation of the things that are rightly yours, given as an inheritance. And one other thing it does is that when you live a life this way, it makes your heart numb of being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you will miss the things that God is trying to do in your life. You miss them. You know, we have a friend. Uh, she she uh, was in San Diego, California. We were preaching at their church many years ago, 2011, 2012. And, uh, she, you know, at the end of the service, we were praying with her. She's originally from China, and we held hands to pray. What's the prayer? She said the prayer is for a financial breakthrough. So we prayed, and then after that, we went for lunch. And when we were sitting at lunch, she said, do you guys, do you guys know what happened to me in 20, 2001 or 1999? I said, what happened? She said I was one of the first people that uh, 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 Jack Ma approached to employ at Alibaba. Now, while she was saying that in 2012, Alibaba, because they couldn't pay everyone cash, they'd been paying their employees through uh, stock and cash. And in 2012, they were paying out to over 5,000 people the cash that they'd accumulated as stock value. Uh, and all of them were going to be turned into millionaires overnight. It was so crazy to the point where they had to get people to come and psychologically teach them how to function from that day. <laughs> go to school for four weeks to be taught that when this money hits your account, don't go crazy. We beg you. Now here's our friend still praying for a breakthrough. And God gave it to her. When did the Lord give it to her? In 1999. But she didn't hear it. She, she, she missed it. You know, I had a friend of mine visit the church last week. I grew up with this guy, uh, Dr. Simba. You know, he was here with his family. And, uh, you know, we were in the youth together way back in 2002, 2003. And I was one of the leaders there. And uh, him and me and him were the only two with the car, with, with cars, right? So we would pick up everybody and drop them off. You know, uh, and it was, I don't say this to say, you know, I was better than anybody because he, he was a no nice car. Yeah, he was just, you know, <laughs> something to get around. <laughs> she was, praise the Lord. And so, you know, this, we would pick people up and then, you know, teach and have our uh, impacts uh, Saturday night. And so Dr. Simba would bring, you know, the, the doctors because he was in medical school, bring people in there. I mean, it was a big party, Holy Ghost party. And um, he was here, and, and I went to see him about six months ago. And while I was talking to him, he took me to his house. He had a big plot uh, uh, in his, in his uh, 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 house in Arare, 10,000 square meters. And he said to me, Tavara, you know, what I want to do is uh, tear down the house, a beautiful house. I want to build an estate and build all these different units. That's what I have in my mind. I said to him this. I said, if you keep your heart clear of all the external stuff, you'll be sensitive enough to hear what the Lord will say to you and where to go and how to do it, and you will get this done. And so he, he agreed, and he, he said, okay, I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, a few months after that, he got a call from somebody, and uh, he didn't pick up because every time this person had ever called him, it was because they wanted something. And so he didn't pick up. He cut the phone. And his wife said, who was that? Why did you cut the phone like that? That's sneaky. <laughs> 
He said, no, it's this guy, man. Every time he calls, he said, uh-uh, call him back. <laughs> Thank God for wives who hear from the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> and so he called, he called this guy back. And this guy said, hey, doctor, that project you were talking about, how far have you gone with it? Because I want to do something similar, but we're far out. Uh, but I've got a stack of cash that I don't know what to do with. He says, okay, we're going to come see you. And so he went and showed him the thing. And uh, the next week, they were uh, bashing down his house and building these units. He showed me pictures. All of them are up. And they're just now doing uh, finishing uh, touches and putting the, the final fittings and so on and so forth. And, and the reason he could do that and the reason he, 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 could, he could go forward that way was because his heart stayed clear to be sensitive for God to direct his path. He says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will do what? He will direct your steps. Nothing more valuable in this crazy world than having a God on the inside of you direct your steps. Tell you sell that, buy that, buy over there, sell over there. Amen. 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 And so when I say, you know, don't sin, don't live a life of sin, it's not because I'm, you know, I'm trying to be legalistic. It is because I'm trying to get you to position your heart to hear God clearly. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. So that you can get the, 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 the best out of your life. And so he says, don't let anyone deceive you, verse 6. Don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. Uh, uh, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Because you've got to leave your heart uh, clear. And then he says in verse 8, for you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Uh, therefore, do what? Walk. And so he tells you who you are in your spirit, man. And he turns around and he says, therefore, walk. You already eat. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And the reason... Other reason why God wants us to walk in the light, it is so that we can minister to a dying world. Amen. See, the people out there don't understand tongues. I wish they did. But they do understand kindness. They do understand generosity. Can I get an amen? You know, I have this one place that I go and eat all the time. And I started, I, I've been going there. For a little over, you know, five years. And every time I go in, I just kind of uh, fist bump people. Sometimes I just walk in, you know, a uh, hundred run note and I just fist, fist bump them. Just boom. And then I leave it. <laughs> man, they love it. Every time they see me in the parking lot, in the parking lot, they start dancing. I say, pastor is here. They call me pastor. Pastor is here. Pastor, pastor is here. Now, they don't care about no Bible verse. What do they care about? The money. But this is a true story. We went to eat their breakfast, my wife, yesterday. All of them yesterday came to me to say Happy New Year. And I gave them a Bible verse. And guess what? They all listened to me. Amen. They all listened to me. I walk in and say, Hey, I'm Dara, I'm Dara, I'm Dara. All of them queuing up. Hey, yeah. Pastor, how are you? You know, you anywhere? Then I tell them, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the parking guy, this is funny. The parking guy, now, as I park, he's like, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know if he's a Christian guy. But he was like, Man, it works with this guy. Hey, Amen. And, and, and he does this because. Matthew 5.16 says this. It says, let your light shine before men. Not before God. God don't care about your light. Matthew 5.16. It says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works. And when they see your good works, get what they're going to do. Hallelujah. Glorify God. Amen. And so your good works uh, do not earn you any brownie points with God, yeah. but they do earn you some influence with people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 
Some of you can't get the gospel in in your work colleagues because you haven't bought them lunch. Their salvation entirely hangs on you buying them lunch first and extending a gesture that they understand. See, only in the church do we put the bait that we like to fish the fish that we like with the bait that we want. The, the, the fish want worms. We put the anointing there. Your, your work colleague wants kindness. You're putting Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. You don't want to look for Holy Ghost fire. Whoo, hallelujah. Shandarabosa. Ah. They don't understand that. They understand kindness. You are saying, you know, I'm anointed. Last night I was praying. Ooh, you won't believe what happened. I sensed the prayer. They're like, oh, man, get, get away with that stuff, man. Get away. You're putting the bait that you like, a religious bait, to reach an unreligious world. The bait that they understand is your good works shine before them. Can I get an amen? This is why the Apostle Paul is saying, it's time for you to walk this way. Can I get an amen? Time is flying. Time is flying. Man, have you ever noticed how time goes fast? When you're having a good time? And, uh, and uh, when you're on the treadmill, it doesn't go as fast. You, 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 you try and put a towel, cover it with a, you cover it with a towel. And you say, you know what? After this song, it's going to be seven minutes. And you listen to that song, and as soon as it finishes, you check. Ah, two and a half minutes. Man, you come to church, time goes by fast. It's, it's wild, right? But watch what he says in verse 15. He says this. He says, see then that you walk. He's already said walk two times. Now he's saying walk again, because it's now a season to walk. It's now a season to do something. Can I get an amen? He says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now that's deep English, but if you read it in the NLT, you know, verse 16 in the NLT, he, he makes it plain. Verse 16 in the NLT, he says this, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. In other words, whatever opportunity God brings your way, make the most of it. Why? Next verse. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord, what the who? The Lord. I didn't hear that. You must understand what the Lord wants you to do. When you understand what the Lord wants you to do, that's your place of breakthrough. Man, you step into that place at the center of God's will, it begins to work like a charm. I was saying in the first service, you know, I had a prayer many years ago when I was young. I said, Lord, use me in your kingdom. And the Lord told me, he said, just make the most of every opportunity I bring your way. And uh, keep your heart pure. In fact, my pastor told me, he said, if you keep your heart pure, you'll stay long in this game and things will, you know, come to you and you'll be able to change uh, so many people's lives. And uh, I mean, this works so much like a charm that, you know, I, I don't ask. For places to speak. I never did, never will, never have, and they come to me. I just go to a place and I wind up speaking and ministering to people. Just this past week, you know, Pastor C and I are going to be traveling overseas to preach and so on and so forth. I had only got one place to preach, which was a big deal. You know, I was preaching at Wealth Builders, and Joseph Z called me. He said, man, this is a big deal. I didn't even know it was a big deal. He said, it's a big deal. And uh, with that, I had someone else in Phoenix call me, a friend of mine. He said, man, listen, I heard you're going to be coming out. I'd like for you to come and preach at my church. And then Billy Epard's son sent me an email. He said, yo, Tafar, I heard you're going to be in town. I'd like for you to, to preach in a uh, new uh, uh, a building we just purchased the building and he told me seven million u.s dollars cash clean building he said i want you to come he said you're going to be one of the first guest speakers to preach in that building amen, amen. now hunt your neighbor and say don't hate don't hate don't hate don't hate. celebrate celebrate don't hate. don't hate the brother you know i didn't do this to me 
It ain't my fault. Take it up with him, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, people get mad at me all the time. They say, why him? Because I come from the small tribe, you understand? And I come from the back of the, of the bush. You know, I shouldn't be doing this. And people get mad. People get offended. I'm telling you. Left, right, and center. Why him? What's special about him? I say, man, I don't know too. <laughs> Amen. I just know what to do. And the Lord says, do that, I do that. And sometimes it looks weird and sometimes it looks foolish, but it always ends us in a great place. Can I get an amen? And so we're going to end with this. Let's go to, to verse 21. Let's go to verse 21. And uh, he says this, And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He says submit to one another. Someone say submit. It's not a curse word. Amen. And he says, submit to one another. The reason he's saying submit to one another, people seated in heavenly places. Workmanship, God's workmanship, accepted in the beloved. But he's saying submit in the real practical world. He wants you to be accountable to somebody. Submit to one another just means be accountable to somebody. Now, I have a lot of people, Pastor Z and I are accountable to a lot. And I'm talking about a lot. If I start doing something crazy, uh, what time is it right now? Uh, 11.13, I'm telling you, guaranteed by 20 past, someone would have called me. A lot of people we are accountable to. Someone would have called me to say, man, you're acting crazy. What's going on? I'm flying out to take care of business. You understand? Because you have to be accountable. Now, 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 there's some people who say, man, I, I can't be accountable. I don't submit to nobody. I'm seated in heavenly places. These are the people he's telling. He's saying, after all, seated in heavenly places, accepted. Therefore, with all of that in mind, submit one to another. In other words, be accountable to somebody. In fact, one of the biggest expressions of spirituality is uh, people who just know uh, how to observe and submit them to themselves to authority in different settings of life. When I go to the airport, I submit myself to the authority uh, of the people at the airport. If they say, take off your shoes, guess what? I'm taking off my... Some of you, well, what would you be doing? For what? <laughs> you want me to take off my shoes? For what? You know who I am. No, 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 no. He says, submit one to another. Did y'all read that? That's, that's, that's what he has created. It's a community of believers, and we are all accountable to each other. And some of your brethren in Christ, just like Paul called Peter in Galatians, he told Peter, he said, Peter, Peter, you're acting crazy. The reason he could do that was because they were submitted one to another. And so Paul said, Peter, you're acting crazy. And Peter said, yeah, you're right. And he changed his ways. Can I get an amen? Now, if you have nobody that can talk to you. Because you're seated in heavenly places. Far above all principalities. And you know everything. I have this thing. I have this thing. I have this thing that I use. I tell, I tell, I tell uh, you know, Pastor H. Marshall and uh, those around me, my leaders, I tell them this because I can, you know, and they, they understand my heart and, and, you know, I can, I always tell them this, life is curves. Yes, curves. And, and sometimes we get on that highway of life and we're doing 140 kilometers an hour and, uh, and, and someone will come to us and say, hey, there's a curve over there. I say, man, who are you? Who do you think you're talking to, man? I you learned how to drive a long time ago. He said, okay, we'll see you at the curb. <laughs> so I tell these guys, I say, oh, you don't want to listen to me. They say, yeah. I say, okay, we'll see you at the curb. <laughs> and then they call me afterwards. Pastor H says, yeah, hey, pity. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> that curve was sharp. <laughs> amen. Why? Because we ought to be accountable one to another. Can I get an Amen. And then he says in verse uh, 22, now he's getting practical with this. He says now, he's talking to women, and uh, you know, who are seated in heavenly places. Yeah, you know, who are now wives, right? Uh, seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. What else does it say? Accepted in the beloved. You know, the, this, uh, the, 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 these wives who have the very same life that raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. And then he's, he said to that, all of that to them from verse chapter number one to chapter number three and then he says now for wives all of that seated in heavenly places far above principalities uh, accepted all of that he says this means 
All of that. What it means. <laughs> he says, for wives, this simply means No, no, no. This is not me. This is Paul. This is Paul. He says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> and all the women say? Amen. Now, all the wives, right? Now, 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 now here's what he did not say. He did not say women submit to men. Did you see that? He didn't even say uh, 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 wives submit to men. He didn't say that. He says wives submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. He didn't even say wives submit to the National Husbands Association of South Africa. He didn't say that. The body of husbands. He didn't say that. He says, wives, submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. And so ladies, this means at least you get to pick the fool you submit to. And once you pick him, it's time to submit. Can I get an amen? The, the, the single ones, you get to pick wisely. And so, and so, submission is not an action. Submission is an attitude that produces the action of obedience. You can disobey with a great attitude. You are in submission. You say, hey, honey, I'm not joining you to go steal money from the bank. I love you, but I'm not joining. And you give him a hug. That's submission. It's having a good attitude and great attitude. Can I get an amen? amen? And so he says for wives to submit to their husband is unto the Lord. In other words, your submission is qualified if it can be found in the Lord's will. And so if they ask you to do something crazy or something stupid, as not as unto the Lord, not as unto the Lord, you don't have to be submitted to that. Can I get an amen? That's why he added that, 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 that phrase there, as unto the Lord. Uh, and then he says in verse 23, for a husband. So he says, we've talked about it. We've talked, uh, we've talked about sitting, sitting in heavenly places. We've talked about accepted in the beloved, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He's talked about how powerful you are. But he says this. He says, for for a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. Now, now, brothers, before you, you shout amen and give me a big offering, <laughs> he's saying, when he says you are the head of your wife, it's not a, a title or a position it is actually a responsibility. What he's saying to you, when he says you are the head, all he's saying is when something goes wrong, he at least knows who to talk to. Uh, Eve may eat the fruit first and then come and give it to Adam. But when the Lord comes to talk to somebody, he's not going to be looking for Eve because she's not the head. He's going to be talking to the head. And so, brothers, this is a position of responsibility. If something goes wrong in your marriage, in your family, in your household, God is not talking to the children. <coughs> it's little Johnny. Johnny is the one who made me do it. No, God, God, does. <coughs> God wants to talk to the husband. He's going to be looking for you. That's why he calls you the head. 
And he says in verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands and everything. And so for many, many years, many, many years, uh, uh, what women did is that they would go to chapter number 5, and then they would start reading, and then they would get to uh, verse 21, and it says, uh, submit one to another. Verse 22 says, wives, submit to your husbands. And so uh, uh, for centuries, women would get offended and stop reading. If they had kept reading, they would have found out that the husbands got the short end of a very long stick. Because to the husbands, he says this, he says for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Jesus died for the church. And so he's calling you, brothers, to sacrifice to the point of death for your wives. And your brothers can say amen to that now. He says, he says this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave his... His life up for her. Did y'all read that? Now, submission just means having a great attitude about life. You know, just psh, great attitude. I can do that. <laughs> love your wives. If they had said love your wives as Hollywood, psh, I can do that. It's okay. They said love your wives as what they do in a soap opera. I can do that. Scandal, I can do that. No, 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 he didn't say that. He says, Love your wives as who? And so, the standard of loving your wife is Jesus. And the big word, brothers, is sacrifice. If you want to check if you're in scripture, if you're really cooking, right, seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities, if really the resurrection life that's in you is manifest, manifesting, if you really want to check, you can ask your wife, Am I sacrificing enough? Now, 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 this is what he's calling us to. He's saying we must sacrifice. That's the, that's the level of love you must have for your wife. Now, when I found this out, I, 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 I prayed to God. I said, Lord, you see, the women are offended at this submission thing, and, and <laughs> I get the full meaning of this revelation of loving them, loving my wife as Christ loved the church. I said, Lord, I don't mind swapping roles. I said, I don't mind swapping roles. She can do the loving because that's sacrifice. That's, that's a, and I have to remind myself all the time. We're talking about practical living. The Apostle Paul didn't stop at Ephesians chapter number 3. Now, I have a lot of friends who just teach Ephesians all the way to chapter number 3, but they won't get into that other stuff because they call it legalism. No, it's not legalism. It's just allowing the life of God in you to be made manifest. And so I have to constantly ask myself, am I living this way? And I have to sacrifice. And sometimes I have to sacrifice my own productivity to go and be with my family and watch my kids uh, 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 lose a race. <laughs> lose a race. But she's been put in the team, and so I'm sorry, guys, I have to go. I have to go watch in the sun. I could have been doing something, but I have to sacrifice. And, you know, our oldest one, she, she's a really good swimmer. I mean, she's so good, she, she beat the mother on vacation. She said to the mom, true story, she said, she said, the mom didn't know, so she said she didn't train, you know. So, <clears throat> And so we were in the pool, and, and she's 10, right? Like this, and, and she says, Mom, let's go. Are you ready? He says, On your mind, Dad, you can count us in. On your marks, get set, go. Boom. She touched the wall. I said, Honey, you lost. She said, Mom, I beat you. And she said, Next up, Dad, get in. And so, you know, I didn't want to crush her spirit, so I said, You know. So I didn't get in there. I just said, you know what? But I say this to say, because she's, she's sporty, right? Her, her energy levels are always high and she's, 
eating a lot more. I've been observing because, you know, swimming, you have to eat, right? And uh, uh, so sometimes, you know, we go out to eat and I order a, a, a nice steak and and, you know, the way I eat my food is I start with the bad stuff first. I start with the salads. I just take care of that because we have to. You know, <laughs> so I have to eat the salads and then, you know, I eat everything else. And then when I get to the meat, I just kind of savor it and just go round and round. And I leave the, the, the nice juicy part next to the bone marrow. I leave that for last. And so sometimes what she does, because she's sporty and she's going at it, is that she'll look over and she say, Dad, are you going to eat that? And I hear this verse saying, just like Christ loved the church. And the Holy Spirit says to me, are you going to sacrifice? And, uh, and I had plans for this meat. <laughs> Good plans. You know, with the bone marrow where you, you know, right at the end. And I say, you know what, my girl, you can have it. And, 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 and that's the kind of life he's calling you to when it comes to your wife primarily and your family. Amen. How much are you sacrificing as a husband? Because Jesus sacrificed everything. Can I get an amen? amen. And so he's calling us to a, a, a place of responsibility. Can I get an amen? amen. And he says in uh, verse 26, you know, uh, make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. In other words, you must consistently be ministering uh, to your wife God's holy word, uh, word of encouragement. And uh, you ought to be the big person in the relationship uh, so that you don't fuel. The reason is saying uh, washed by the water of the word is because you know, water is an extinguisher, and uh, you shouldn't be fueling and, uh, uh, you know, uh, smearing flammable things uh, on your wife. You, you ought to be the one that washes her with the water of the word. Uh, can I get an amen? They're going to come to you and say, you won't believe what happened. Uh, such and such came to the office wearing, you know, the same dress as me, and, 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 and you shouldn't be fueling that. You shouldn't be fueling that. You should be washing it with the water of the word. Because if you fuel offense and unforgiveness and they say, you know, your brother did this, your uncle did this, you fuel that. Uh, next week, we're going to look at chapter number six. Uh, one of the things that the enemy does is that he brings what are called fiery darts, or uh, better known as matchstick issues. It's a small onion issue. It's not a big issue. But if you don't have enough water on you and you have all this flammable offense and unforgiveness... Uh, in your family, it will be a small issue, and uh, you, they will just light uh, a match next to you, and the whole house will uh, 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 catch fire. And people will look back and say, but what really caused the divorce? Yeah. And then when they trace it, they will find out it was a small issue. But there were years of years of smearing petrol and paraffin around offense. And the husband didn't take the position to wash and spray a horse pipe of God's word so that they can become extinguished. And so he says, don't, 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 don't fuel, don't, don't, don't put the flammable stuff on. Wash them with the water of the word. In other words, you are the priest of your homes. Can I get an amen? And then he says this in verse 27. He gets really practical. He says Jesus did this to present her, the church, to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, uh, she will be holy and without fault in the same way. Someone say in the same way. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Now, you won't abuse your own body un unless you're crazy. And he's saying the same way you value your body is the way you should love your wife. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. And then he says in verse 29, No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his own body. 
And so this makes it powerful that, you know, as you, as you start to live out the grace of God, your identity in Christ, it, 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 it can't just stop at being a spiritual truth. It has to become a reality in the natural. We have to see it. And people around you have to see it. And this is why the Apostle Paul, you know, he talks about this. Next week he's going to be talking about how to function in a church community and how to function at work and how to, you know, fight off the, 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 the attacks of the enemy. And I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, God has already empowered you to walk this way. Walk in love. Someone shout, I will walk in love. Someone shout, I'm already equipped and empowered to walk in love to those around me. Amen. In fact, you know, when we were in uh, primary school, they had uh, one of the uh, fourth uh, uh, subject we did way back. I'm talking about a long time ago. We only did four. Uh, they had a subject in there called faith in action. Because they were saying to us that your faith isn't really faith unless it is action. And so I want to challenge you this week to, 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 to challenge yourself in this thing called kindness. You know, we were uh, walking from somewhere, I can't remember where. And uh, I was talking about something, I was complaining about something. Oh yeah, yeah, I was complaining about uh, how, you know, sometimes when you lose your golf club, you know, you know, you never find it, it grows legs, you know. And so I said, man, I wonder what happens. And the brother I was with said, perhaps we need to get into the culture of giving these people around the golf course tips. I said, what do you mean? He says, because then they won't see the need to get the clubs to grow legs. And I thought about it. I said, man, he's right. So I've challenged myself. Every time I check in, I, I might just give them one of those fist bumps. Just. Amen? And in about three months, I'm going to come with a verse. <laughs> and they'll listen. I'll tell them, go memorize John 3.16. And I'll see you next week. They'll be looking forward to hearing from you. And sometimes that's what the, word is look, the world is waiting for. They are waiting for kindness. Can I get an amen? And so this week, someone say this week. Man, I challenge you to have at least one act of kindness to those around you. Those at work. Those that serve you. Those that help you. And, and I'm not telling you who because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and he's going to tell you what and when. Amen? I said amen. It's called walking in love. Amen? And someone shout for I am the light. Therefore, I will walk as children of light. In all goodness, in all righteousness, and in all truth. I will allow my good works and my light to shine before men so that they may glorify the Father. Amen. In these last days, come on, in these last days, I will make the most of every opportunity to do good. Amen. Man, take advantage of these opportunities. God is going to bring them to you, countless ones. And when you start getting in the game, you start getting in the game, God will start. He says he gives seed to the sower. So once I started getting in the game of doing this, I'm going to share with you this. You don't know this, but I'm going to share with you this. I started getting into this game of tipping these people 100 bucks, 50 bucks here and there. You know, someone, I'm talking about six years ago, Pablo, someone started putting in my account without fail, true story. 1,500 rand every month. And you know what they would put as a, as, a, as a reference? Anonymous. And so every month I got, I got game money. I, got, <laughs> I can do my fist bump thing. And you know what they did, Cliff, last week? They increased it to 2,000. 
That means 20, that means 20 people per month. Can I get an amen? amen? What I'm saying is if you fix your heart, God will give you the seed. Amen. And tell God, this is what I want to do. I have this one guy, this one guy at, uh, at uh, 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 You know, there's some people there looking for work. And I've not watched this guy. He's doing Bible study with them. Every Monday they're praying and he drives a car like mine. And, and the Lord has been speaking to me about giving, not them, but the guy, just a, a fist bump, just just a big fist bump. It ain't a small fist bump, a big fist bump. Because I've watched him do that consistently for, for many, many months now. I said, man, this guy is praying with him at 7 o'clock in the morning. Vidkopen, you drive past there on a Monday morning tomorrow. You've seen him, eh? He's, he's got them surrounded and he's praying. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Tavara, you need to give that guy a big fist bump. I just haven't had the opportunity, but I need to make most of the opportunity. Man, I'm telling you, if you open your eyes and look, there are many opportunities around you to be a blessing. And when you do become a blessing, the Lord will see to it. Uh, you know, I was sharing with my wife yesterday. Uh, we were in England, and this one guy started criticizing, you know, Andrew Walmart and stuff and, and so on and so forth. And he doesn't know that I, you know, I, I know some of the things that happened there. A lot of people don't know this, but he has a, he has a barrage of widows on his on his fist bump every month that he's been taking care of for over 20 to 30 years. He just won't tell you. He's been taking care of them for over 25 to 30 years. One man. But he won't tell you and this guy is criticizing him. I was like, man, I'm, I think he may be doing more than you're doing right now. Amen. And so I'm telling you, this is the gospel truth. Start extending kindness and we will reach the world and many will come to the knowledge of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that in 2024, you're positioning our hearts different. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you've called us out of darkness and you've made us a children of light. And I thank you that in 2024, we will walk as such. Lord, I thank you that our light will shine before men. Our good works will shine before men and they will glorify you. I pray for every marriage relationship under the sound of my voice. Uh, some may be out of whack. Uh, without understanding the principles of your word. Lord, I just thank you for restoration. I thank you for an understanding. I thank you for your grace flowing through their hearts uh, so that they may flourish and, 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 and do well in this life. I just thank you, Father, uh, that these, your precious children, will see a bigger and better 2024 and beyond. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone say it, Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.